1: Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more
2: done. Really. No, really. Really. No, really.
1: Hello and welcome to Really No Really with Jason Alexander and Peter Tilden.
2: This episode
1: is about how often we miscommunicate. Our tendency to interpret text messages as negative, the issues of video conferencing, the phenomena of phone phobia, and the value of using emojis. Like if we texted you and said please subscribe heart and prayer hands emoji, maybe you'd do it. So, please subscribe, heart and prayer hands. And now here's Jason and Peter. Hello, everybody. And even that
3: could be misinterpreted. I say hello, everybody, and it could be misinterpreted. That's, that's the because subject. Because people hear it they go Oh, yeah, me. right? And me, yeah, and why did he say hello know. and not exactly. I? And why is it everybody doesn't include me? Our uh, really today is that recipients of, say, a two-word email or a text such as nice job or great work is misinterpreted
4: as being sarcastic or snide. Don't give the answer yet. Let him think. What do you think the number is at home? 60%, 60% of the time. And it started with me and producer Laurie, and she's not gonna get mad if I say this, but Laurie has an angry resting face. And I've known Laurie and a lover for 25 years. We've worked together. But I was getting texts while you were away doing Broadway. And it was like, we're doing this, and I, I, I was realizing I'm taking them negatively. right? So then we started joking. Well, she intended them negatively. I, probably, I think you were picking uh, up what she probably, was, was putting down. <laughs> but we started then writing each other, like, um, see you tomorrow, said with a bit of grace, <laughs> and acknowledging your your know, that. But then I said, wait a minute, we need to do an episode on this because if they're misconstrued this 60% often 60% of the time, 60% of the time, and most people think when they send a text that 90% of the people receiving it receive it the way they're sending it. And it's nowhere close to that. No. So I saw that Dr. Nick Morgan, who's an expert in communication, public speaking, had talked about that specifically. So I wanted to get him on to address that because I figured if if we're making errors like that, I mean, I get a text going. How is dinner? And I go, Oh, you're saying yeah, I didn't invite you. I always, people go negative, by the way, right. because because we were initially cavemen. It was a survival thing that our default is negative. I'm going to get eaten. I'm going to. My parents kept that going. <laughs> that made what that analogy made no sense. No, I don't want to waste the doctor, but scientific. that made no, no sense. No, we have a, a negative default, and he'll talk about it. I think negative default per- because we, we were cavemen. Because of response, a fight and fight If you said response. to a caveman, nice job, he went, oh, Here we go, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, what, you do, you, what do you mean about the job? Yeah, right. <laughs> and by the way, today, one in five <laughs> office workers say they have been reprimanded, demoted, or even fired over misinterpreted messages. And, and texting is the way we're going. It's, it's becoming more prevalent than email because it's convenient. Et right. So let's say how so to doctor yes, Dr. I, I, Dr. this
3: man is an expert in, uh, in body language and rhetoric. He t- you, you coach uh, public speaking. You are a renowned teacher and author. Uh, you're, I think we, we are very fortunate to have you here. If he's hearing anything other than what I intend right now, I'm in big trouble. I'm, I'm being very flattering, aren't <laughs> I? I'm being very positive. And fl- did a- I do it right, Doctor
4: Moore?
5: You <laughs> did it beautifully. I feel very warm and at home and well loved. So That's, thank you. Well,
4: thank you. That is how and I sincere. like to roll. Adjac- adjacent. <laughs> so, was I right about the fact that texting is now taking over? Where is this all going?
5: Well, it's all going to be misunderstood at, at a at a really startling and alarming rate. And that's the real issue. I urge people to use uh, smiley faces and emoticons of various kinds, even if you think they're childish, because that at least reduces the negative bias that we're talking about earlier, which is uh, profound. And just to uh, explain, Dr. Alexander, what it's about. uh, (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) uh, Imagine yourself as a as a cave person Leaving the cave and walking through the savannah or the jungle or whatever, and you see a a shadow out of the corner of your eye. If you're a kind of California dude and you go, Hey, cool, that's just a nice shadow. The next thing that happens is you get eaten by a saber toothed tiger. Sure. If you're the anxious type, you take evasive action. We're descended from those anxious people that kept us, kept them and us uh, alive.
3: I, so I was right. Says, I was right my research, fall. by yeah. the way, tells me that the saber-toothed tiger and the Homo sapien did not coexist at the same time, well, you know what according it is. to <laughs> the La Brea tar pits, where, where I'm told. But all right, that's fine. I understand what he's saying.
4: And you know what it is? Apex, <laughs> Apex predators. Apex, Apex predators. predators. Apex of course. predators. And by way, it, the way, yeah. the subtext <laughs> here is-I <laughs> am not an
5: expert in, in uh, <laughs> evolutionary I anything. Understand. But yeah.
4: what you're hearing here from my partners, the subtext mm-hmm. here is because I proposed that and was correct and you reinforced it. He's a little bit irritated, just a tad. That is correct. You communicated that <laughs> perfectly. That is correct. I've seen that in all these surveys in businesses, they feel that emoticons and stuff, emojis are less than professional, especially over a certain age. Under a certain age, much more acceptable. Over a certain age...
3: And, and, and to tack on to that, there are so many of them now that... You know, I I sometimes I'll send a text and I'll try and be creative. So there's one that's like a goofy face, you know, mm. <laughs> and I'll put that on and I and then I go, well, I wonder if that can be misinterpreted. That I'm what it, you know, that doesn't say probably. something specifically enough. So
5: yeah, it's you probably get misunderstood or it probably means something already. Yeah, uh, thanks to uh, the teenagers, uh, right. some of whom may be watching, they've already appropriated it and used it for something else. Uh, they, I like to use the the uh, laughter face with the two. Uh, tears coming down out of the eyes and and uh my uh son my teenage son tells me that that's uh I can't do that anymore it, <laughs> it doesn't mean he won't tell me what it means but he says it doesn't mean what i think oh it is oh my means,
4: god so. he won't tell you what it means
5: no he won't he says i'm I, I, it's i'm hopeless i'm too old to uh, right just nice. sweet so so you got a good relationship good, good good with son oh my kind god. of like
4: a, doesn't it feel like at home <laughs> <laughs> even the expert son says go country well count you know soon. but
3: that's that's uh, just to 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 sort of drill into that a a little bit, because I have the same situation with my grown sons. I have a 31 and 27 year old son. um, And Peter has grown children too. It's hard, just hard. It feels like they call this in some ways, the age of communication. I find that communication in general is getting harder and harder and harder. Even having, I have a group of friends. Peter is one of them with whom I have substantive conversations and we know each other's hearts well enough that we can be irreverent and, and everybody understands it's, Trying to amuse each other. It's trying to be in fun. There's never any harm intended from it. But I find that the circle of people with which I can have real communication gets smaller and smaller and smaller because there's so much open to interpretation that is unintended.
5: Yeah, people take offense. And the, the reason is that what we care about is each other's intent. And intent comes through most strongly face to face. We have the five senses and we get facial expressions and a, and a smile and a nod. And, and, and when we move closer to people, we warm up the relationship. Uh, you can't do any of that on a text. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the potential for it being negatively interpreted is, is vast. And on top of that, you reference that we're sending more and more texts. We're getting drowned in more and more information. We have to move faster and faster. So we're sending them more quickly, hence the typos. And we're reading them more quickly, thereby opening ourselves to misinterpretation. So the, it's a, it's a never-ending doom loop, basically, of communications, in spite of the fact that we're surrounded by all these tools and, and all these wonderful ways uh, to communicate.
4: We're also multitasking. driving in today. I just was looking around more than usual to see how many <laughs> people were texting while they're driving. So I don't even have your full attention while you're texting me back. You don't even... Or sadly... You have their full fashion, and the driver <laughs> and, next to them does not. And they're going to no. crash. The, the, the part of this that I think comes through, that Laurie and I were joking about that got us into the episode, was it also diminishes the person who's receiving it. You write something heartfelt, and somebody sends you back um, liked. They hit one button to say, you couldn't even get your thumbs going to say, hey, I really appreciate you. I mean, that, it's diminishing. And I think that all that doesn't this all chip away at communication? And, and again, I don't want to be the guy who says, the next generation without face-to-face contact, is missing out on something that's really important to getting things right. So if the errors are that prevalent, how is that impacting society? What are we getting wrong, societally, that's chipping away at our communication?
5: Well, I think the evidence is all around us. I mean, especially during the pandemic, incidents of mental health issues went up and up and up, and drug abuse and alcohol abuse and so on. we, We became more depressed more alienated, more isolated, lonelier as a society. And uh, the face-to-face interaction is one way to help that get a little bit better.
1: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions.
0: 18 plus. Dr. Morgan, do-
3: There is, there seems to be, um, even in face-to-face communication, There seems to be so many more, um, for lack of a better word, landmines, unintended mishaps or insults or this whole canceling phenomena. Sometimes somebody espouses something which is really reprehensible and they they pay a social price for it. But sometimes it's truly unintended or they're discussing something that has, you know, it's more than just a cut and dry thing. It's a discussion to be had. And we are so quick to judge people and, uh, um, punish people in the act of trying to communicate even face to face. I I mean, you spend a lot of time teaching people to communicate more effectively, but I, I, I don't even know what question I'm asking. It just seems like it's becoming harder and harder and harder to express yourself fully and genuinely without being misinterpreted or without somehow offending someone unintentionally how do do you agree and if so how do you how do you deal with that
5: well i think that's uh well first of all it's an interesting question and, and second i think it's a it's sort of a combination of trends that are that are ultimately healthy for society and trends which are not healthy and uh, a lot of the uh, the issues that we're talking about have no question been made worse by the uh by the digital world we're living in mm. no question um We're also becoming more open. I mean, when I started in the public speaking business, uh, somebody was going to get up and speak. They would never share any of their individual uh, uh, history, their personal history. They would talk about some business issue or some academic issue. Nowadays, it's odd if you don't share something of your personal journey. We want to know what's what do you have at stake here? What's in it for you? Uh, And so I think on the whole, that's a healthy trend, but it also means there's a lot more personal prickly potentially embarrassing, vulnerable stories out there. And we do get cross if you step on those, uh, on those stories or make us feel bad about them. So uh, I think all of our sensibilities have, and sense of vulnerability have increased.
4: So how have we changed after COVID? How much has society changed? I know that um, Zoom, we probably wouldn't be able to do this, and I'm not sure of the year when this happened, but it used to be guests were in-person and stuff. Now it's acceptable. Zoom is the Zoom became a thing during the pandemic. I mean, I know I think it yeah. existed
3: before the pandemic, but, but it really, really yeah. has it changed uh, in any profound way the the way we communicate, the way we do this.
5: It has this video, video conferencing. conferencing?
3: Yeah.
5: Oh, absolutely. When I was uh, working on a book on virtual communications in 2017, I would ask people in the uh, Fortune 1000 company, "How much video conferencing do you do? How widespread is it in your organization?" And it turned out on average it was 5% of the organization used video conferencing. In 2020 I happened to call back one of the CEOs I had interviewed in 2017. And I said, "How are you doing?" and he said, "Yeah, it took us 3 days the entire company's using it. It was a huge sea change because we had to keep working somehow." And uh, now you now now we're now we're hybrid and we can do it either way and, and right. this, it's actually we don't think of it this way because we had to live through a pandemic to get here, but it's actually broadened our communications palette in a really beautiful way. We can connect. The three of us can connect. Whereas uh, before it would have involved travel on at least one of our parts. Uh, right. And uh, jet lag and uncomfortable nights in hotels and bad food and whatever else. Wow. Would you really don't but want to least, travel.
3: But anecdotally, <laughs> it's also created a situation again. I, I, m- one of my big things is I always prefer real human contact rather than technology, but I anecdotally know more people who are really upset when they're, when the mandate is, let's get back to the office. They don't want, they much prefer this. They don't want to get back to the office. Um, is that, I'm I'm not sure if this is your area, but is that a, does this totally compensate or, or are we missing out on something by not gathering at our workplaces and, and having real
5: contact? Well, I'm smiling because I worked with a number of companies with the executives and the companies uh, to figure out how to communicate with their employees during the during the pandemic. And they, uh, when the pandemic started easing, uh, set up these task forces and committees to, to study what what would be the ideal amount of time in office versus on uh, on Zoom or on on video conferencing. And one company I remember in particular because this happened pretty recently studied the problem for six months. They had a vast team of uh, employees at all levels of the organization to figure this out. And they came up triumphant with the idea that three days a month was the perfect amount. So everybody's happy to be be in the office. Uh The rest of the time you can can work on Zoom. Uh And this was because of productivity and savings in terms of how much office space you needed and, and travel and so on and so forth. The policy had been in place for three weeks when the executive team announced, okay, it's three days a week. Uh. They threw out all the research and just changed it in the moment. Why? Because executives don't feel like they can do what they're hired to do, which is manage people effectively on Zoom. And the truth is you can't. Managing is still pretty much a face-to-face thing because of all the nuances of human emotion and interaction that we talked a little bit about earlier. So they they can't do it but it's very uh, it's very hard on the employees who feel like wait a minute i have to go back to commuting i have to go back to putting on long pants and and uh, a dress <laughs> shirt i have to right <laughs> long pants
4: <laughs> how about just pants period i mean <laughs> yeah, are, right, you, are, yeah. you, are you yeah. give
5: me yes please i no, yeah. zoom in study and looking i can't if- take my dog for a walk you know all right. the things that right. i got used to doing uh, Hang out with my kids for an hour during the middle of the day when they come home from school. You know, those, those kind of things really made for a nice quality of life. And by the way, most of those employees were more productive. But it didn't work for the management. And guess who runs companies?
4: For the management teams. Research showed that eye contact is important and people don't make eye contact as much on Zoom. And then I saw also with interviews, especially first interview for job, much more negative if the interview is done on Zoom than it's done in person because they can't get all of the rest of the stuff. So again, are they trying to? Is, is there a way to make Zoom better from a communication standpoint that you see?
5: The real reason uh, that you have those experiences, the real reason Zoom or any video communication isn't really great yet, is is something that uh, they don't teach you about in school. It's called proprioception. It's your sixth sense, and it's the sense that uh, you use unconsciously to keep track of where you are in space, so you don't bump into things and where. The people around you are in space, and that's oh. very important to us. We care very much whether you're moving closer to me or away from me. Uh, we we care if you're within a few feet of me, so you're in my personal space versus you know, more distant. So you're tracking that all the time, and in fact, you track that uh, with your partner if you have one, so that you don't roll over and punch your partner in the head at night while you're asleep. You're doing <laughs> this twenty four seven. It's a really important sense, and they don't tell you about it in school. So what happens on Zoom is you two look to me like you're about an arm's length away. So that would say you're in my personal space and I need to pay close attention. But you're the wrong size for that. You're too way too <clears throat> tiny to be that close. So my proprioception sense goes, where the heck are these people? And, uh-huh. and it causes me stress, but I can't work out where you are. And so after a while, I start to tune out and I say, these people aren't real. They, I don't know where they are. They're not really in my personal space, so I can't interact with them in the way that I would if they were as close as my screen was. Oh. So yeah, that's the real issue is proprioception.
3: I actually worked with an improvisation company that was on a Zoom sort of beta test. It was it was not Zoom, it was something else, where they could move forward and back in the screen. They could They could sort of keep a distance, so it looked like they were, you know, further away. Or if they wanted to emphasize something or take the stage, because it was an impro- it was a way to do improvisation on mm-hmm. a screen, they could move forward <laughs> and move downstage. It was very strange. It was really,
4: really strange, I have to say. But appropriation, you did it on Seinfeld, Close Talker. Oh, the Close that, Talker, thats sure. Close yeah, Talker is yeah. the thing. Yeah. The other thing that yeah. I read, and I just remembered it now, is that the person on Zoom is using what they call anchorman energy. In other words, you're sitting differently than you would when you're just hanging out. You're projecting differently. And there's a a fatigue to that, that everybody on there is projecting anchorman. Whereas if if I'm sitting with you, I'm at lunch, I'm kind of doing whatever. Here, I have to sit up. I have to be paying attention. You you
3: you come to take a meeting with me and you sit back in your chair with the spread legs like that. You're out of here, buddy. I'm not taking that kind (laughs) of attitude from you. The man is an expert. Doctor is an expert in body language. What do you think you're saying to me when you sit back like that? Legs akimbo. With your attitude, with your little attitude.
4: I'm picking kimbo. it
3: up. Right? Am I right, Donna? You got it. You caught it. I'm sure. The man's an expert. <laughs> is he this, saw the, fir- this is the first it, time? Your insouciance, your lack of regard or respect, your sort of, I don't even need to be here. I, I got it all.
4: So all these years we've had a procio perception problem. Oh, yeah. And we didn't and you never told me. You never <laughs> well, told me. Well, I didn't have a word all for right. it. All right. Well, guess what? <laughs> guess what? I'm, I'm here for you now. All right. How do you like that? I'm here. Totally present. 100%. Tell me what you got to tell it's me. It's better. How's it's it better? better. You, you know, know why like it's this? better? You're
3: off mic. You got a, you, you got, you, you got a mole that looks, it looks like <laughs> you yeah, some attention. <laughs> <laughs>
4: right, yeah, um, Laurie's yelling. You're off mic. You're yeah, my, I was yeah, making a point. I okay, was making Laurie, a point.
5: But I should have told you about the the ultimate space, which is the intimate space. That's 18 inches to uh, zero. And, and that's a powerful taboo. Only your intimates can uh, violate that. You're
4: so, not kidding. Uh, 18, inches to, 18 inches to zero. Yeah. <laughs> it's my, my
3: new book. My personal space may be a little bit wider my than that. My new book is 18 inches to zero.
4: <laughs> <laughs> got to remember that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Doc,
3: so you talked about, you know, I, I know one of the things we started this conversation with was, was texting and how to make texting more clear and our intention more clear. I actually worry about all of our sort of text, to communication, I, I, my, like my, my older son, uh, his college entrance, um, uh, essay was about phone phobia. He has phone phobia. Both my sons have phone phobia. They are insanely nervous about speaking to someone on the phone. Um, they will do anything to avoid it.
5: You uh, mean speaking live,
3: speaking live. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And do you see any, trending in younger people to being worse and worse at interpersonal live spoken communication because we're doing so much of the texting and the typing and the, that I, I, I just worry that we're getting, that having a, a person to person live in space conversation is just going to get harder and harder.
5: I think there's absolutely no question that that's happening amongst, uh, especially amongst young people or anybody who spends a lot of time Texting, and I had a very affecting communication uh, from somebody. Uh, I was I was speaking to an audience about about these issues, and uh, afterwards I got a text, of course, uh, from a person in the audience who said, "I'm I've got social phobia of some sort, right. and for me, being able to control what I say and when I send the communication, and then being able to muse over and think about the response, whatever response I may get, and then respond to that, for me, that element of control is very uh, reassuring and very helpful not to provoke that kind of phobia. So Mm. at one extreme, it's a more reassuring and comforting setting for some people. And I think that will only increase, that is, people who like that kind of control and that uncertainty, or to reduce that kind of uncertainty, will only increase um, the more time we spend in that space. Because you get unused to You have to practice being face-to-face. It's a whole set of powerful, unconscious cues that can overwhelm you if you haven't done it for a while.
4: Yeah. Sebastian Maniscalco does a whole thing about when we were growing up, the phone rang. People ran to get it. Oh my God, it's it's Aunt Bobby, it's Grandma. Now the phone rings, and I even do this. Phone rings and go, the hell is calling it's like an assault (laughs) producer laurie she goes into fits of rage if you call her i I put a clock on the timer Uh because it just she hates she hates the phone yeah and there's a certain generation the generation now i guess below 30 oh my god it's it's worse than death calling and trying what my son what i mean he'd rather just text me just let me know i said it's a little complicated and i want to kind of give you some context there yeah what what it's it's that. It's hit it's hit and run communication now. And you're smiling, Doctor, because that's that's where we're at. And more and more people hate the phone. Even coming to the house, somebody comes to your door now. Who the hell comes on and outside so the door? You used to be, oh my God, we got visitors. Oh my God, anybody. Anybody <laughs> coming was like, look, we got a visitor now. Get the gun. Get get in yeah, right. Turn off the lights. Trust get practice. on the floor. Yeah. yeah Pull right. the shades. What what has happened to society that way? You're saying we gotta Practice face to face. People don't want to be face to face. It seems like it's going the other way pretty rapidly, right?
5: Yeah, it's a it's a negativity bias that comes about as we mentioned earlier from uh, from virtual communications because we're not getting clear read on the intent. So we got out of practice, and we assume the worst, and then we start to sour on all our human relations.
3: I I mean, this sounds pretty dire to me. I I almost feel like I, I I just worry that our ability to communicate with each other is some sort of existentially je- in jeopardy at, at, at this point. Uh, if we're really just reduced to, you know, 16 word texts and an emoji, I, I, I just <laughs> really worry about what is it to be a human being? I, you know, part of the fortunately,
5: joy... Fortunately, we learn to communicate uh, uh, in the cradle from uh, from our mothers and fathers. Yeah. And hopefully as long as there's uh, love between parent and child and, and there's all that baby talk and cooing and those interactions that go on that we'll get the basics. And uh yeah, we'll get a little nervous uh when we turn teenager and start using the phone and, and forget how to talk to humans, but we can relearn if we've got that base, base there. So, uh, you know, moms, dads, keep loving your yeah. kids. And I think we'll be okay. Can yeah. I just
3: assume that when my, uh, my grown or teenage children answer me in a monosyllabic grunt, that what they're saying is I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that a true assessment because <laughs> that's what it feels like
5: yeah sure <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's about well you know what again see but that's what i go to they don't want to talk to me it can be that they're having a tough time with something and they don't know how to express i mean there's all kinds of things you know what i found be, that was really strange. But I, I tend to go oh, f you if you're not going to talk to me i'm your father damn it
4: my wife yeah. would always tell me leave him alone don't talk to him right now And laura you're better at this from a mom perspective Don't talk to them right now. Don't confront stuff. They'll talk when they're ready to talk. And the car was magic because you're not looking at each other. When you're driving your kids somewhere, usually stuff comes up in the car. And I think it's because you're not making eye contact. And there's something safe about that. You're going somewhere, something else happening. I I wonder, doctor, does that make sense to you?
5: Yeah, it does. It's a body language thing. Um, I I recommend people to do this uh, as speakers if they get a lot of aggressive questioning from somebody, for example the thing to do is to move toward them which is counterintuitive and you don't feel like doing it you want to get away uh, but you move toward them and then you align themselves so you're facing in the same direction so what happens when two human beings are facing in the same direction is they feel like already they're primed to agree on things wow. so it's much it's much better to sit next to your teenager than it is to sit across from them so you want to sit down at the table make eye contact with them to them that feels aggressive and, and like you're going to give them 20 Twenty questions, uh, if you sit next to him, then now we're suddenly aligned. We're in agreement before we even open our mouths. I just
3: anecdotally, Peter and I have been sitting
4: next to each other for 40 episodes. I've
5: never agreed with him once.
3: I've never once. Well, you know what you just told me, Doc?
4: My son and I are fighting. All we have to do is drive to Cleveland. (laughs) And we can figure figure this out. Doctor, thank you so much for coming on. Absolutely. I wonder, though, if everybody listening, and you're an expert at this, under 30, is going, yeah, these morons don't. Because they grew up with it. They grew up with it. They get it. It's second nature. So us even discussing it is, why are they talking about it? I'm not compromised as far as my I But how, they probably don't I get
3: it. But I actually have one question before you go. I, this is probably impossible. But is there... Let's just keep it to our world of texting. And I know you said emojis are a great idea. Is there a simple thing that we could adopt that would make what we really intend more clear? Is it more language, less language? Is it just the emoji? Is there was sort of a simple rule
5: yeah there is what we're looking for is emotion i want to know what your intent toward me is is it positive is it negative at the simplest level is it said in a loving tone i want to know what the tone of voice is Mm -hmm. we started with the example of good job you can say that with a warm friendly good job you know or you can say it with an eye roll and and mean it sarcastically so if you're not using emojis then put into the text some positive loving word that uh conveys what your intent is Uh i'm I'm assuming it is that So i I have kids
3: that even misinterpret them i give the thumb up emoji and they go oh yeah that's
5: like
4: yeah so what do i do
5: (laughs) Jason? miss you
4: no really (laughs) (laughs) i mean our whole show is based on the premise that you bs with your first answer you gave me right so we go right right. to no really yeah right so is that i guess the no really part of this (laughs) is the subtext of explaining what i just meant and almost joking with laurie when i said hey looking forward to seeing you said with (laughs) with empathy and understanding and caring and then you figure that's that you're being now you're being sarcastic all right well thank you the whole world has become marriage therapy i get it okay (laughs) (laughs) doctor thank you for coming on dr morgan thank you thank you so much So, Jay, I know I I didn't say anything while we were on with the doctor, but body language. I mean, a big part of this is body language, and I know—I think I know how you feel about. Why don't you tell everybody what's your sense of body language? Not a thing.
3: It's not a thing. And and what makes me crazy—I mean, I'm sure there's a little bit to it, but in general, (laughs) what always made me crazy is you'd see like a presidential debate, and then you'd go to the CNN panel, and two people were the body language experts, and when he said this. He was insecure, and when he, she said that, she was attracted to him. Or you, and you go, what?
4: what? I, I was on radio for how many years? And I was always pitched, after every debate, body language expert, and I never had one on. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. He was hunched over and looked severe. He ate chili for lunch, and it's kicking back. Um, he just realized his taxes, his accountant called oh, right before the like, You don't and, know what's going on. And the other on. thing is,
3: and, I, and again, I, I do, I honestly, when I say it's not a thing, I'm, I'm kind of joking. I understand there is real research behind this information. But if I sit next to a, some, a dour teenager and I sit side by side with him in a, in a restaurant booth, I, I know I'm now more uncomfortable because <laughs> I got this dour energy sitting right off sitting my right shoulder. Year? And I've never had a substantive conversation except in a car. Car does work. Car does work. I've never had a substantive conversation with somebody sitting next to me facing the same direction. I've never done Look it. at this podcast. Yeah. Where are we facing? Well. And it's uh, the most substantive thing you do. Look at this. We're looking, get, looking at the I same. Get, We're sharing it. I get paid for this. Actually, I haven't gotten paid one red cent for this yet. When <laughs> yeah, does yeah, the talk, money talk kick Talk to, to Laura. Yeah, like, I see yeah, your yeah. body language right now. Oh, your body language my, suddenly changed. I'll tell you the other thing. The emoji thing he's he's not wrong but again even by his own admission it there's so many of them we don't know what they mean now the the, the laughing guy with the tears what the what hell does that mean that anybody be? in the other room what no the, the hell he could no that be? anybody in that room though come on everybody in there is like 30 years. what could it be is it a gang sign what could it be is it like the teardrop sign in a prison? Google, thing?
4: Himes, Google Himes looking it up right now. When, He's we, go, it when up. we go to him, and we'll like,
3: work. are we doing are we doing hieroglyphics now? Are we going back to that? We're just going to communicate with each other like I'll pictures you, on I'll the wall. You, That's ones. the only safe thing. Here's Is that an emoji.
4: Laurie does to me that I I hate more than LOL. Hi, Hal. I decided to go in the hospital. I'm going to give you the kidney. They say the recovery because if I have some other stuff wrong with me. Maybe a tough recovery of three or four weeks. But it's not going to deter me i'm going to do- i decide i'm going to donate my kidney to you and you get liked you don't even get a thumb <laughs> up you get liked. like the guy you, you didn't even have enough of a emotion i'm yeah. giving you a freaking kidney like li- yeah. liked you can't your know, thumbs you can't type something back my god that makes me crazy <laughs> Hal. I'm in a cave. Come get me. People, okay, People, we up. don't
3: understand it, and the, um, the abbreviations
4: <laughs> no. don't help. All right, so here we go. I got some abbreviations if all you right, want to. Okay. Sure. And I'll know. Laurie, about can I curse and we'll bleep it? Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, G-O-A-T. Go. That greatest of all time. Okay. All right. I-D-G-A-F. Do you know what I-D-G-A-F is, I Anybody? don't jump. Close. Uh, You're close. Big. Uh, I don't give a fuck. Ju- I don't. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, P.O.S. S. What is if your teen sends you P.O.S. What does P.O.S. mean? P.O.S. Point of service. Uh. Parent over shoulder. Parent over shoulder. What's Q.Q. mean? Somebody sends you Q.Q. Q.Q. Quick! 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 Cry- quick! Uh. Crying. It's often you sarcastically, like in other words, uh, you crying. make me cry, but sarcastically crying. In other words, you hurt my feelings not, you know, crying. Ha How does Q.Q. convey that? I, I'm just telling you, I didn't write these. Oh, you're into a whole different one. Um, tell me a... what you are. T D P M.
3: T D P M. Touching down there now. Uh, Talk dirty to me. S S D D. That's a uh, that's a uh, sexually transmitted disease. Same,
4: uh. same stuff, different day. <laughs> this and this is my favorite because if you took the time to send this, T L D R. Too late. Too long, didn't read. Really, you <laughs> mother humping. Really? Well, that's
3: like never saw it, not a fan. Well, that's IDC, yeah. I don't care. So <laughs> yeah. anyway, a little bit
4: of an education. You know, to help everybody amazing, gets right? it
3: wrong. That's what I, and I, proprioception. Well, that's, e, that's, that's everybody. I gotta tell you, you can't say anything right. You can't. I, Let's go to Google.
2: So, Jason, I have a correction. This is the second time I've had oh, to no. correct you oh, on no. this. Oh, way. boy, okay. I love this. The saber tooth. Cat and homo sapiens were on the earth at the same time
3: they weren't
4: at the labrea tar pits at the same time
2: that's you, all what, i know You, see,
3: what, you know, that's Jason, all i can tell you because at the La partner, La Brea tar pits they go out of the way to say homo sapiens this is here. a man
4: by the way you can't correct because he'll go but they weren't in the same place at the same time he always comes up with the next uh but they by the way know-
3: how did they know wait they there couldn't have been a guy in bayonne new jersey while there was saber no saber-toothed i do okay i but believe you I have nothing against it. Well, on this,
2: this is relatively new science that was discovered not too far uh, along. So the, perhaps they've changed their talking points. They've changed the talking points. Yeah.
4: Oh, that's what it. When well, I was in school. We were I taught the temperature the tiger
3: did not exist. Honestly. Apparently, they found three guys next to a saber tooth tiger. Oh my it, gosh! Don't they, they
2: may have. They may have interacted. Um, it was probably in Europe, but they may have interacted. But that—that's a little. Bit All right.
3: All right. I stand correct.
2: Now. Now, if you are being confused by a lot of the things that uh, Peter was throwing at you, you know, let's say, what is does ROFL
3: mean? <laughs> uh, oh, that's one that comes around a lot. Right on yeah. you
4: friggin' loser. Uh, I got, I
3: used
2: Rolling to... on the floor the... laughing right oh, so, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so if that is too much for you to type it has an emoji to replace it so if those are too tough they're oh now my, making an picture. emoji so it's an emoji it's the happy face with smile that is twisted a little bit to the side with tears coming out and there's a lot of squinting
3: that's what does that's what the teenager couldn't tell his father that that's what that means
2: no that the instead of rolling on the floor laughter, you replace that with the emoji with, right, the, with but, the squirting eyes. Right, but the eyes. doctor
3: okay. said that the that the smiling with the squirting eyes, his teenager said, you yeah. don't even know what that means anymore, dad. And it was like, you know, it's a, a, a thing that one. you should never use.
2: Well, they have a lot of them now. There's, there's face with tears of joy, which is very similar to rolling on the floor laughing. Oh you have loudly crying face, which is, you know, whatever. There are tears of joy. There are tears of sadness.
4: So, hey. you, you know what? I think it's let's, let's, let's do
2: final. You know what my final I'm exhausted. I'll, I'll, I'll I'm exhausted. You're resist- aging yourselves. You, come on, you got it. You could do it. You could do it.
4: You know something? Here's my final thought right now. You know what my final thought is as I get older? Laurie's going to love this. I'm not calling anybody. I'm not reaching out to anybody. I'm not talking to anybody. I'm going to sit in my bedroom in my underpants watching shows all day long. Because now they scream. I'm just going to scream till I die. I'm just you not know reaching out.
3: I'm going to sit right beside you, and we'll agree. Thank what you.
4: What do you think of that? We'll, looking in the same we'll direction. We'll sit in
3: the same underwear, looking in the same direction. N-R-O,
4: N-R-O, not we'll reaching do. out. Not reaching out. <laughs> <laughs> or, or naked, reaching out. So good night. Yeah, that's that's it. I'm done. I'm yeah. done, Laurie. I'm never calling Folks, you again. Write to us. Let us David know what Lord, you thought of up. this episode with an emoji. Look what she did. Two, <laughs> two thumbs, thumbs up. up. You know what that means, David. Two thumbs up. Yeah, <laughs> up your. Up, yeah, I know from Laurie. Double I'm, up yours. Two thumbs <laughs> up. Even that is misread as exactly what it means. And I thank you for listening to another. Thank you, David. Thank you, Laurie. Episode of really, no really. Two thumbs what up. Did Jay. Two what thumbs did you, up. you mean by that? What did
2: you mean by that? As
1: another episode of Really No Really comes to a close, you're possibly wondering, has a miscommunication ever resulted in tragedy on an enormous scale? Well, you can probably guess. But before I give you the details, let's thank our guest, Dr. Nick Morgan. You can follow Dr. Morgan online at publicwords.com. His podcast is called Just One Question, and you can follow him on Instagram, X, and Facebook, where he is Dr. Nick Morgan. You can find us online at really com, where all the social media links are in the show notes. We're also on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and Threads at reallynoreallypodcast. Please check out our full episodes on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, and tick that bell so you're updated for new videos. And thank you for listening, subscribing, heart emoji, and sharing the show. We release new episodes of Really know Really every Tuesday, so make sure to follow us on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, has a miscommunication ever resulted in unspeakable tragedy? Well, at the end of World War II, the allied leaders of America, Britain, Russia, and China called for Japan to surrender unconditionally to avoid not only a land invasion, but the potential deployment of America's newly developed nuclear bombs. In response, the Japanese Prime Minister uttered the single word, mokusatsu. Unfortunately, mokusatsu has several meanings, depending on context. The Prime Minister had meant it to mean no comment, however, it was translated to the Allied leaders to mean not worthy of comment, held in contempt. So instead of saying, we're not ready to answer, it was heard as, your offer isn't even worthy of an answer. A truly horrific tragedy, partially due to miscommunication. Really No Really is a production of iHeartRadio and Blase Entertainment.